Blog Talk Radio. Hello everybody, my name is Boss Rutten. This is Diego Lima. This is Rodrigo Comprido and you listen. And you guys are listening. So you are listening to the Verbal Submission. Joined today by my co-host Jerry Rodriguez and shortly Richard Highlight Perry. This is our 207th episode, believe it or not, and it is Sunday, August 30th, 2015. We have a great show in store for you guys today. Um, If you've been paying attention, we were actually expecting to have Andre Harrison and Austin Springer from the upcoming Titan FC 35 event, September 19th. And then right at the last minute, Austin Springer wasn't able to make it. So it's actually going to be Andre Harrison and Des Green who are actually fighting for the Titan FC featherweight title. Andre is the current champ. Des is a former champ. So it should be a great episode today. We're going to get some good uh, information from Andre that maybe we can propel forward into the interview with uh, Des later in the show. So I'm very excited for that uh, opportunity. So it should be a lot of fun today. We're just gonna, you know, we're just gonna have a good time. I mean, it's been a, a slow week in MMA. Didn't have a UFC event this past weekend, although we did have Bellator 141. We'll be talking a little bit about that during our downtime, and uh, hopefully, I'll be joined here momentarily by uh, my co-host uh, Jerry Rodriguez. I know Richard said that he called me uh, a little bit earlier and said that he's running a little late, so he'll be on in in a little bit. So. All right, well, if uh, Jerry's not coming on, then we're just going to roll right forward and get our first guest for the evening on the show. And uh, without a co-host, I'm just going to end up calling Andre Harrison live on the air. So this should be a lot of fun. So hopefully he is ready to roll. So let's see what happens. Here we go. <clears throat> you never know what happens here. Sometimes you might get voicemail. That is the the nature of the business. Sometimes you just get unlucky. Uh, So I'm hoping uh, we hear from Andre very shortly. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to do a a little bit of uh, chatting about this past weekend's Bellator 141 event. We had one fight that I think a lot of people were excited for, scrapped right at the last minute. 
between Lorenzo Hood and Rafael Butler, two really exciting heavyweights. So hopefully, uh, I think I believe Lorenzo Hood got injured backstage warming up, you know, Sean Loeffler style at uh, from the UFC. So we'll see what ends up happening with that. And anyway, back to the rest of Bellator 141, we had all kinds of, uh, you know, it, it really didn't quite live up to expectations. We had the the debut of Melvin Gallard in the main event, and everybody was really excited to see, you know, maybe Melvin's turning it around. He's with Bellator now. You know, if he gets a win, he's a big name. He's probably getting launched right into title contention. And then he goes and loses a split decision to Brandon Gertz, breaks his hand early in the fight, gets taken down repeatedly, never gets right back in the fight enough to the point where he could win it, loses a split decision. And you know what? Props to Brandon Gertz. He fought a good fight. Wasn't the most entertaining fight. Wasn't what people were expecting. But, you know, that's what he did. So, uh, anyway. Uh, and then they ended up promoting the Marlos Kunin fight against Arlene Blenko, who was a former guest of the show, to the main card. So I was very happy to see that. They were That fight should have been on the main card anyway. And you know what? It ended up being the only finish on the main card. And props to Marlos. You know, once she got it to the ground, you know, I kind of suspected that, but once she was able to uh, get in a good position on the canvas, she was able to pull off the armbar submission of Blenko. And if you actually watch that fight, you know, Blenko was defending pretty well, but then the second Marlos uh, got that arm even kind of straightened out, she put some nasty torque on it. I mean, there was no chance. Blenko had to tap her. She was going to take some serious damage. And then uh, you had the return of Justin Wren in the heavyweight division. And... Oh, actually, while we're bullshitting about that, uh, Jerry, how you doing, man? Or is this Richard? Uh, not quite. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, Richard. <laughs> yeah, Jerry'd probably be coming in on uh, the Skype. So yeah, Richard, sorry, I should have known. I saw the area code. I was just, I was just expecting you to be later than that, or than this. Well, I'm just glad my car can still go. Uh... Still go 90 miles an hour on the highway. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've been listening, but we've had a, a technical difficulty. We tried to call Andre Harrison, who was the first guest on the show today, and got no answer. So he didn't answer when I texted him saying we'd be calling him, and then he didn't answer when I called him. So we'll see what happens there. But that kind of sucks. Um, anyway, you heard me talking about Bellator 141. I wanted to get your thoughts. Did you uh, get a chance to see it? Any thoughts? Anything going on in that department? Yeah. Uh, I watched uh, the entire card, top to bottom. Um, Even you know, the prelims? It, it, uh, yeah. I, I watched uh, I watched the Spike.com prelims. I did not watch the dark matches. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. that addicted to fighting. <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, I gotta say, the highlight of the of the night for me had to be Cheeto Wachu saying he was goreng havoc on Lee McGeary's face. It, it, that might have been the best. That's the best, most perfect Cheeto line of of all Cheeto lines in in human history. Oh, <laughs> uh, that you never know what you're gonna get with with Tito. I mean. And the all-time well, favorite was him and, and Shamrock going at it. And Shamrock saying he's going to beat him into the living death. But, 
That's pretty I good. Mean, Havoc on his I, face. I'm I'm not shocked by anything he says. I'm just surprised by the depth of the well. <laughs> I mean, it's just the it's it just you always know there's going to be some sort of fuck up when Tito starts talking, but you just have no idea how he's going to do it. It's always entertaining. <laughs> well. Look no further than the highlight of Tito's brief experience with affliction, and you'll know just how great Tito was on the mic. I mean, oh, that was that, that is glorious. that is the all-time list. I think what did he say? Uh, Vitor Belfort was 120 years old or 123 years old. 131 year old Vitor Belfort. <laughs> All um, right. Well, uh, take the the lead. I think Andre Harrison's just calling me on my cell phone, so hang on. Okay. Well, um, on to some of the other fights. Um, uh, Marlos Conan uh, defeated uh, Arlene Weinkow uh, by armbar, which really didn't shock anyone. Um, uh, Conan is just one of the world's best at uh, women's featherweight. You know, if if it really wasn't for uh, Cyborg, she would probably be um, the uh, the number one ranked uh, 145 pound woman in the world. Um, and she, of course, rolled right through um, Arlene. Um, and when you look at her records, you know, of course she did. Arlene doesn't really have anybody, as far as I know, anybody of record, um, anybody of note on her record, rather. Um, uh, and it's just unfortunate that our women's 145 is so shallow. Um, and that, you did? Yeah, I'm back. Uh, okay. Right, I'm going to go, Andre just called my phone. He thought it was a phone interview, so I'm going to go call him from the the, the side, and uh, you just keep talking Bellator, and then uh, I'll be back on when I get Andre. Sound good? Okay. All right, here we um, go. Um, uh, on the uh, undercard... Um, you had uh, uh, McFarlane, uh, who most people better remember for uh, being the woman that knocked out the soccer mom on the Explode Fight Series. Um, and uh, she had a pretty good fight. It ended in a split decision. Really shouldn't have been a split decision. I, I thought it was pretty clear uh, McFarlane won that fight. Um, and um, she showed that she wasn't just somebody that could, you know, dominate uh, cans on uh, Explode Fight Series. Um, she was someone that actually had some mark of talent. Um, the woman she fought, Maria Rios, uh, was 2-2 two and two at the time. Um, and, and, well, that's not the most stellar of record. Um, coming, into, uh, coming into a fight um, against a 2-2 two two fighter um, with uh, no professional fights under your belt is not an easy thing to do. All right. Uh, we are good to go, Richard. So without further ado, let's bring in our first guest for the evening. He is the Titan FC featherweight champion, Andre Harrison, undefeated. He is defending his title this upcoming September 19th at Titan FC 35 against Des Green. Andre, welcome to the Verbal Submission. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute honor to, to have you aboard now, in my research for the fight, I, I was looking through a list 
of all the things that you know you wanted to accomplish with uh, that last fight. You know, you wanted to show you could fight. You know, in a different area. You wanted to show you can go five rounds, and you did it. You passed those tests with flying colors. So now that yeah. you've gone and accomplished those big goals, you know, what's what's the next thing that you want to show the world with this upcoming fight? Um, well, I haven't I haven't gotten a submission in a long time, so. And I've been working real hard at my grappling, so it'd be nice to go out there and get a submission in this upcoming fight. Mhm. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, that is one thing I did notice. You know, is that something that that bothers you? Because you know, you went on a nice little stretch there in the middle of your current professional career where you were getting a lot of finishes, and then these last three, four fights, you know, they've been against the toughest opposition of your career. But you know they have gone to decision. So is that something you want to turn around? You want to you know change maybe the perspective that maybe some guys have of you? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean I don't really think anybody wants to go in there and fight the entire fight. You know, it'd be nice mm-hmm. if you went out there and got people out early. So I am looking to go out there and get people out early. But you know, some some people are very very difficult to put away. They stubborn. They don't want to just you know go out when you get them. So. Well, that makes sense. Now, uh, you know, you're a guy that uh, you know isn't afraid to put themselves out there a little bit. And I, I read something very interesting. I don't know if they took you out of context, but you went in and said you think you're the best featherweight in the world. You, know, yeah. you think you can go out there and, and you know you got the confidence to go out there and, and take on any challenger? Oh yeah, I mean, I work hard every every single day. So um, for me, like. It, it's no way I could think otherwise. You know, it 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 would be almost insulting to like you know me, my teammates, my coaches for me to feel otherwise. Because you know we work hard to be the best. So to feel any other kind of way means I'm cheating myself and my team in some you know way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Now, can you uh, tell me a little bit more about your team? I mean, you guys have put together a, a really solid program, and and you are a shining light right now. I mean, you have kind of exploded into the conscious of, uh, you know, everybody in the, the mainstream, you know, they, you know, you are on the map now after that performance against Kurt Holliball. So tell us a little bit about the guys that helped you get there. Um, well, again, like I can't really much about my team. I mean, they amazing, amazing group of guys, um, starting down from Keith, uh, Trimble who would be, you know, the common denominator between all of us. He's a he's a striking coach, a overall coach, you know, as far as game plans and everything go. And um, you know, he 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 makes sure that all of us are all working hard and everything. And so, gotta gotta definitely say thank you to him, um, Sparrow Volantis, our conditioning coach, Dr. Michael Camp, our, our strength coach, as well as um, our physical therapist. He makes sure that we go out there as healthy as possible. Um, then my teammates, you know, Gregory Gillespie, um, Nick Fiore, Randy Brown, um, Dennis Bermudez, uh, you know, a whole bunch of guys. I know I'm forgetting some guys, but I can't really, you know, I can't really, um, you know, put it, put all the names in there. But I would, I would like to go on and say that um, the other day, you know, we, you know, as far as teammates, you know, we don't just see each other in the gym; we see each other out the gym too. And so, uh, you know, the other day I went, um, I went and I played basketball with Randy Brown, who's a uh, ring of combat, uh, uh, welterweight champ. 
mm-hmm. and we played basketball for the first time, you know, and he's been talking a lot of trash. And so I, I just want to go out there and say, even though he's 6'3", and I'm I'm 5'8", that, that, that the, the final score on that game was 12-2. <laughs> so, uh, he, if, so if, if, if you're going to ask me, you know, what are some things that fans don't know, they don't know that I have, I have an amazing jump shot from anywhere on the court. And Randy Brown found that out firsthand. <laughs> and did you did, did you play in school, or were you just you know, a guy that was just naturally really good at it? No, my little brother actually plays basketball a lot, and so and so uh, um, <laughs> and so you know I'm forced to kind of try and rough him up on the court a little bit, you know. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I love it. And, and I think, you know, training with uh, some of those guys, especially, you know, somebody like, you know, Dennis Bermudez, who's, you know, not just in the UFC, but a guy that's top 15 fighter in the UFC, one of the best featherweights in the world. You know, that's like iron sharpening iron over there. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have some real, real good sessions. Oh, I can I, I can believe it. I mean, is, is he like a guy that you credit a lot for, you know, helping you with, uh, your wrestling and all that, you know, being able to keep a fight standing and, and really punish people because, you know, that's kind of been your style lately. You said, is Dennis a credit to that? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would credit, you know, just solely him for it. I mean, well, yeah. again, I'm a, uh, I don't know, if, you know, you know, I'm a two-time All-American in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I've trained a lot at the Olympic Training Center. Um Another one of my workout partners, uh, Greg Gillespie, he's a four-time D1 All-American. You know, so, you know, wrestling was never, you know, something that um, was, like, not there as far as, you know, training-wise and where, you know, Dennis came along and just solely helped it out. But um, as far as sparring-wise, yeah, we get some good work sparring. Oh, I can definitely believe it. I mean, you've got a a lot of big-time talent over there, plus, you know, just with your background. And do you feel like, you know, it's almost silly that, uh, you know, Des Green thinks that, you know, he could win a a grappling match with you just because of the the people you work with and, you know, your history? I don't don't think it's silly um, because I I believe Desi wrestled uh, D1 as well. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, the, the... I mean, the fact that he would throw that out there like that, you know, it's kind of funny because, again, we're not going out there to wrestle each other. We're going out there to fight. And so whether or not he thinks he can or can beat me in wrestling, is it has no importance whatsoever in this. Uh, it, it matters where who's wrestling is going to translate better for fighting. And, um, and um, as far as fighting goes, um, and our one common opponent, uh, one common opponent, Kurt Hollibar, I think he took him down maybe three times, and I had at least six takedowns in the first round. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's safe to say that it looks like, so far, my wrestling translates better. Oh, definitely. Now, you know, Dez is a guy that prides himself on his wrestling, but, you know, lately he's been showing some serious knockout power. I mean, in Titan, his uh, in his four appearances, two of them have been knockouts in less than a minute. So you know, what do you do? Yeah. What's your take on uh, you know his improved stand-up, or do you think he's just getting some you know good matchups that could showcase that instead? Um, I, I think it's a combination of both. I mean, he has you know opponents that are you know there for that, you know, and <laughs> um, also he probably you know probably been working on it a little bit, so it shows. 
All right, completely understandable. Um, now, uh, we actually we're planning on interviewing Austin Springer, who's from your card, uh, your fight card, and next. But then we got a okay. message like literally like 15 minutes before the show that said, "Hey, Austin's going to be in a bad uh, cell reception area. You know, how about we get Des Green for you instead?" And I was like, "Okay." Now we're not going to do the whole toe to toe thing with you guys on at the same time like uh, my buddy uh, James Lynch, but. Um, you, know, you got a message for Des when we get him on, like, cause he's gonna come on in like uh, ten, fifteen minutes. Well, no, I don't, I don't have nothing to say. I'd rather not say anything to my opponents prior to the fight. Yeah. I'd rather just wait. You know, we don't talk enough uh, in the cage. We have twenty five minutes to say whatever we got to say to each other in the cage. So I really got nothing to say to him. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, perfectly understandable. Now, uh, my co-host here has a, a couple. Uh, questions for you, so um, hang on. Uh, he wanted to know, uh, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, your amateur wrestling career? You talked a little bit about your accomplishments, but, you know, can you just, uh, when did you get started with uh, wrestling? I started wrestling in seventh grade. I'm not entirely sure how many years that is right now, but it's been a while. And... Um, <laughs> And, um, yeah, uh, as far as, uh, yeah, 13, 14 years. And so, um, um, as far as this goes, <laughs> I guess they good. As far as this goes, um, in high school, in high school, I was, um, two-time county champ, um, two-time All-State, and then, um, and then um, in college, two-time All-American, and, um, you know, got invited to go to the Olympic Center and all of that. And I just never really pursued it because I had fallen in love with fighting. Well, hell yeah, man. And you're a guy that has a lot of innate confidence, so I think it, it comes from that you have that background, but, you know, well, where do you feel like the source of your confidence is? Like, you got the ten and zero professional record. I think you were five and zero as an amateur. I mean, there's there's definitely something there. That, you know, you make you feel um, like you can just take on the world. I would say the confidence comes from um, my training. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like if you train hard, you know, if you train hard, um, you feel like you can do a lot of things. And I, I you know, I make sure that every time I get in the gym, I perform and I do everything to the absolute best of my ability. So, Well, that's definitely uh, the, the right type of mindset to have, especially for a champion. So I know you were able to, to pick up, you know, some uh, titles in ring of combat. You were able to pick up some titles in your amateur career. But did it feel a little special, extra special picking up a title in a Titan FC? Um, yeah, it felt good. I mean, you know, so far I've been fortunate enough with every promotion that I've been in, I've won a title. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I feel good. Oh, definitely, definitely. And uh, I guess there's a couple less things I want to talk about because we have uh, a question that we always ask people when they're on the show for the first time. But do you have any... Uh, you know, and then they can be a superstitious sport. It doesn't have to be superstition or anything, but is there anything, a pre-fight ritual that you like to do that helps put your, your mind at ease before a fight? You know, it doesn't have to be superstitious. could just be, you know, um, a special way to warm up. could be, you know, lucky pair of underwear. I don't know. But 
There's always, there always seems to be something. Um. Um. I don't know. I guess one of the things is uh, in the morning of the fight, I make sure I run. Right? Mm-hmm. I do a little, like, some sprints. And for me, every time I do some sprints and I, like, completely crush them, then I know, like, all right, my legs are fine. Everything is fine. Everything is good. I'm ready to go. So I guess that would be the closest thing to it. But aside mm-hmm. from that, I don't have anything lucky. I mean, all those things, again, I say a lot of times that it's a lot about, you know, variables. And, you know, a lot of variables can change. And, um, you know, for me, I don't worry so much about the variables as far as, like, lucky clothes or, you know, uh, certain rituals or superstitious stuff. Because all those things can change. And if they change, they put you, like, in a sense of panic. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, fighting is such a mental sport that you can't afford to panic before going out there. So I just focus on the constant, which is I weigh in, I rehydrate, and then the following night I fight. So I focus on making sure that my weight is right, I hydrate up properly, and I'm in the best position possible when I go out there and I fight. Oh, excellent, man. So I'm guessing that you've uh, had you've crushed those sprints 15, 10, 15 times now. 16, 16. There's one oh, 16. of my fights as an amateur that wasn't it wasn't put on there. Ah, um, damn. <laughs> yeah, so technically <laughs> I've been in the cage 16 times. My last amateur fight, I fought at the Ramada Inn in the ballroom. Uh, okay, so yeah, 16 times that you've just crushed those sprints. Well, that's great to hear, man. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, your performance uh, this upcoming uh, September 19th. And uh, last thing we have for you before we let you go, on oh, actually, my my co-host here, Jerry, has a, a question or two before we let you go, Andre. So, uh, Jerry? All right, I, you never know what to expect from Jerry, so we're excited to uh, see what he has um, to say. So. Take it away, Jerry. So I'm looking at your uh, at who you follow on Twitter. Um Who's the hottest chick that you follow on Twitter, in your opinion? The hottest girl I follow on Twitter? Yeah. you got a, quite a few of them to pick from. You know what's funny? I, I legitimately can't answer that. And the reason why is because Twitter, out of the three social medias, is like the one that I'm least on. And so um, my my little brother uses my Twitter account. So no, knows. don't blame him. Don't blame Heaven him. No, no, I'm being serious. <laughs> Heaven knows how what he's doing on there, but... Uh, um, shoes on Twitter. Lord have mercy. If you just said Instagram or something like that, that'd have been a different story. Okay, oh, uh, then let's let's switch it to Instagram. So Instagram. Um, I think her name is Bernice something. <laughs> Bernice something. It's the girl. If you guys follow any of the like um, hip hop stuff or whatever, it's the girl that uh, Drake just bought a Bentley for. There you yeah, go. Uh, Bernice Nichols or something like that. She's on there. She's 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 um something. Now, are you a single guy or or are you one of these guys that that made the mistake to get locked locked up early <laughs> in his MMA career? Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's a complicated question to ask right now. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> that's comp- Either way, I answer that, I'm in trouble. So right. I'm gonna just I'm gonna take the safe route and plead a fifth. All right, so uh, I'll, I'll switch it up on you then. Who are some of the guys in the sport that you've looked up to as you've come up? Uh, as I came up, um, it would definitely be like Anderson Silva, um, John Jones. Um, Anderson Silva, John Jones. 
Um, Jose Aldo, Marlon Marias, these are guys that I, I enjoy watch fight fight. Have you had a chance to meet any of these guys in person? Um, I met Marlon Marias. He actually fought somebody I used to train with. Um, um, it's John Jones. He my um, first year out in junior college was the year he won nationals in junior college. So. Um, you know, I've seen him around then and everything like that, but not since not since he won the title for uh, Iowa Central. How, what was he like? Did you interact with him at all? Like, I think for the most part, most fighters are really laid back and just really easygoing, not full of themselves. But there's a few guys that are. Uh, mm-hmm. Was he like that, or have you met any fighters that have come across like, wow, this guy's an asshole? Yeah, I mean, I met a few. The ones that I know that are like assholes, though, they aren't. They aren't really good. Um, they just they think in their mind they are. But all the guys <laughs> that I know that are really good, they're usually like really funny or like really relaxed. So you're saying Conor McGregor's an asshole, then? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't met him. <laughs> I'm just uh, Brian's a big fan of his, and I and I think he's overrated, but. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Hopefully I get to fight him one day. I can see. (laughs) That'd be fun, man. That would be fun. All right. I'm all out of questions, man. All right. Now, uh, Andre, I don't know if you're a guy that's into uh, visualization, you know, just thinking about uh, pre-fight preparation and just going through the fight a million times in your head before it takes place. But uh, Mm -hmm. most fighters are. That's just part of the mental preparation. You did talk about how important that is. So when you do think about the fight, you know, how do you picture victory in your head? You know, it doesn't have to be like how you'll win, but just you know, what are you picturing? Um, I just try and envision the fight, um, you know, and how I think it would go based on videos or fights that I've watched, and mm-hmm. uh, and based on that, I uh, you know try and just put together like a visual of how it would go, and um, you know, just no matter how. How I see it going, I always win at towards you know towards the end of the fight. All right, well that's excellent to hear. And uh, last thing before we let you go, Andre, and I really appreciate the time. Uh, do you have any shout outs, trainers, sponsors, anything? Uh, um, of course, yours. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have one of my fight shirts with me, so I don't know all my sponsors <laughs> offhand. But definitely would like to say thank you to Belmore Kickboxing, Keith Trimble, Sparrow, um, Dr. Michael Camp. Um, Joe Scarola, uh, Gracie Baja Jiu-Jitsu, um, my training partners, Gregor, Nick, Randy, um, Raul Nuncio, um, my sponsors, Mio Posa, Next Level Auto Body, um, Energy Fuel, um, shoot, 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 shoot. Better not forget one, they'll drop you. I know, I know, it's bad. Uh, oh, Lord, Species, definitely got to say thank you to Species. And um, that's all I could remember at this point in time. All right, excellent. Well, thank you so much for stopping by the show, Andre. I really appreciate it. And Thank you, thanks for having me. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, I hope you guys tune in. Oh, we will tune definitely in. be tuning in. We always try to make sure to watch every fight from every uh, guest we get. So thank you so much, and uh, best of luck against Des Green, September uh, 19th at Titan FC 35. Right, good you. luck defending your title. Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. You too. All right. All right. That was Andre Harrison, undefeated, up-and-coming 
super talented featherweight who is the Titan FC featherweight champ, uh, defending this title in just about three weeks from today. So very excited to uh, talk to Andre. And you know what? It's all about the questions. And I think uh, you got him to open up a little bit, Jerry. I always appreciate that, talking about who's the hottest chick. <laughs> Sometimes that's just all it takes. <laughs> Hopefully whoever he may or may not be going out with wasn't uh, listening or... <laughs> oh yeah, you probably ended a, a, at least one relationship today, but you know you're, you're not you're used to that. So. Des Des has two kids, right? So I'll stay away from those questions. There you go. Is it just two? I don't know, maybe five. <laughs> we'll have to ask him. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Who's the hottest chick you follow on Instagram or Twitter, Jerry? Oh jeez, man! Now you're gonna get me in trouble. Uh, too many, too many to count, man. <laughs> Too many to count. I'll, I'll go with Rhonda just for the just because it's easy. Oh, boring. Yeah, I know, I know. But but if I get any more specific, then you know. All right, I'm gonna say Jen <laughs> Selter. And if you don't know her, you better. Oh, know I her. know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. So, uh, Rich, Richard, Richard, are you back? I'm back. All right. Excellent. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go get uh, Des Green on the line because uh, I was told we can get him at 7.30, so we're going to call him a couple minutes late, and uh, we'll see what happens. So uh, You guys can uh, bicker back and forth about whatever the hell you want, maybe Bellator-related, maybe whatever the hell you want. So uh, you guys take it away. Rich, I'm going to ask you the same question. Who's the hottest trick you follow on Twitter? <laughs> I, I actually have my uh, my Twitter open because I knew you were going to you're gonna uh you're gonna ask me that um i i call my bottle list because uh, i actually have my twitter hooked up to my my work phone uh pretty much uh, honestly the only you want a champion i'm picking her picking her no way you can't yep 100 percent why? <laughs> because I'm under pressure and I'm bad at making decisions. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, most of most of my followers on Twitter are uh, writers, so Let me ask oh, you, do you follow do you follow that guy, the MMA roasted? No, because I hate him with Oh, the- thank you. I don't understand why fighters think he's the funniest guy. I don't know if he's still on Fox Sports, but they used to have him on. And the guy's just the biggest hack. Well, what's great is the last time he was on, on Fox Sports 1, um, he bombed horrifically. He just started telling jokes and ate dick for, like, five solid minutes. It was amazing. And, none of, and none of his materials is original. It's all recycled, hacky material. All right, I have no idea what you guys are talking about right now. We were but... talking about uh, MMA roasted that, that oh, guy. Oh, okay. Like, he's such a hack. Like he's not funny, but fighters eat okay. it out. They like. They like oh my it. goodness! You guys are tearing this guy a, a new one, he's man. Sucked. What if Des? What if Des likes MMA roasted? He just killed the whole interview. <laughs> then I'll say. Then I'll say Des has bad taste in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nah, well, actually, I don't. Way. I don't. I don't pay too much attention to MMA roasted. <laughs> All right. Well, that is the best way to introduce our next guest. He is coming back to the show. Uh, I believe the last time he was on, it was right before he won the title the last time. But uh, Des Green, he is battling Andre Harrison in three weeks 
for Titan FC 35 for the featherweight title. Uh, Dez, welcome back to the verbal submission, man. Hey, bros, what's up? How's it going? Good to be back. Oh, it's going great. We really sincerely appreciate uh, you stepping up because, you know, we were going to just end up having one guest because Austin Springer couldn't come on like literally 30 minutes ago. So like <laughs> 10 minutes before the show starts, I get a message say, hey, I didn't, I couldn't get Austin. You know, he's got issues. How about Des Green? He's fighting for the title, and I'm like, hell yeah, Des Green. So just the fact. Yeah, that my you boy could... Brian hit me up. Yeah. Yeah, my boy Brian hit me up. I was like, hey, listen, got time for an interview. I'm like, hey, let's do it. Anything to promote my brand, you know? Definitely. So I, I sincerely appreciate it. You know, there aren't a lot of fighters that could just drop anything on a moment's notice like that and just hop on a show. So you are seriously, you know, number one, number one in my heart tonight. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Now you've got you, you mentioned something interesting, so I'm going to start with that instead of you know what I was at, planning on talking about, but you know, promoting the brand. So you know that's something really important with fighters because you know they got to you know make a, a name for themselves. They've got to get themselves out there because you know if you build a bigger following, that you know more people notice you, more people care about your fight. It, uh, it gets you more money. It gets you uh, uh, more attention. So, um, you know, what is the Des Green brand? Um, the Des Green brand is just uh, to go out and chase dreams, man. You know, I was never, I was never a big rule follower. I was never a big, you know, big on like, you know, sticking to the script. I just figured, you know, whatever you want to do, just go out there and do it. You know, you only live once. Don't let anybody control your life and. Uh, you know, it's kind of how I like to live, you know, starting, you know, um, with sports, man. It's like I grew up in the inner city, you know, a lot of my friends and family, you know, they took, like, the street route or, you know, got in trouble with me. I just – I knew I always wanted to be great, so, you know, I just always stayed in my lane and, uh, you know, let sports take over for me. Oh, hell yeah. Now, we got to start, you know, you already used uh, YOLO in uh, describing the Dez Green <laughs> brand. We need to get, like, yeah. a Dez Green YOLO swag shirt or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go. Now, um, one of my uh, favorite quotes, and I'm sure Pat Berry didn't invent this quote, but I, I heard it for the first time from him during a, a conference call, but he said, you know, there's no such thing as losses in MMA. You either win or you learn. And I want to know, sure. you know, what did you learn? from, you know, that, that tough split decision loss against Kurt Hollibaugh over five rounds? Um, I learned so much about myself and just the fighting sport in general. Um, mainly I learned with myself. Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm my biggest uh, obstacle, you know. Um, if I, I could have did so much more in that fight, but in my mind I thought I was winning. I still thought I won. Um, but, you know, me thinking I was winning, I got complacent. And I learned um, MMA is the wrong sport to be complacent in, especially mm-hmm. when you're going to the judges. Um, you know, time and time again, you see it where judges don't get the call right. Um, I never thought I'd be, you know, that much on the receiving end. But, you know, it's definitely a wake-up. I'd rather it happen now than later. You know, every fight now I'm going to be fighting, um, you know, from the beginning to end with so much attention to detail, um, so much more attack. And, uh, you know, when I open up and I, you know, do what I know I can do, I finish guys, I get a dominant performance. Um, every time I ever try to hold back or, you know, think too much or be cautious, um, you know, it doesn't always go my way. So, you know, that's the main thing I learned. And then just about the sport in general, 
Now I'm learning. I'm starting to learn how these judges. I think I know how the judges look at fights and score fights. So you know, like 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 that guy said, you know, there's no real loss. I definitely found victory in my defeat, and uh, you know, it's made me such a greater fighter. Yeah, and it's. I think uh, maybe the number one lesson you learned was uh, don't have it go to the judges at all because you know your next yeah, fight sure. after going 25 minutes, you go on take a dude on that has won eight fights in a row, had just beat Chase uh-huh. Beebe, you know, the former WEC champion of the world, and you go and murder this dude in 32 seconds. So, you know, yeah, something. You were, you were fired up that last fight. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, number one, me losing, uh, me losing that belt, not losing it, but me feeling like that belt was taken from me. You know, I had a lot that I wanted to prove. There was a lot of emotions I went through in that fight. And, um, you know, I just wanted to make a statement. I, I wanted a, I wanted their immediate rematch. They, you know, that, that didn't happen. So I figured the only way I could push, you know, for that rematch is if I have a devastating performance. So, you know, I was just going out there later on the line. These uh, just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, he definitely was. Now, uh, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, this, this matchup because Andre Harrison is going out, you know, He's not a guy that talks a lot of trash, but you know he's been saying uh, he, we had him on uh, the show earlier, to, and he mentioned that you know the one comparison between you guys is the fact that you fought the same opponent, and he was able to you know win uh, against Kurt Hollaball. But you you know obviously you feel that you beat Hollaball and you know just didn't get the the right nod from the judges. So do you feel like that makes it a little bit of an unfair comparison that he feels you know the whole that he's doing the whole MMA math thing? Yeah, and, uh, you know, he, he he personally doesn't even believe that I lost that fight. You know, oh, okay. I, I, talk, I, I talked to him after. He, he even said, I think, I'm pretty sure, I talked to a lot of guys right after, but I'm pretty sure he was even one of the guys. I was like, hey, listen, I didn't, you know, you kind of got robbed. But if you look at the fight between him and Kurt and me and Kurt, um, anybody will tell you I definitely, you know, I had more weapons. I did, I did way more damage. Um, you know, I took him down also. It's just. With, uh, you know, when Andre fought him, Andre was losing the stand-up battle. Um, you know, bar none, you could look at the fight and see me. You know, it is the argument where I was winning the stand-up battle. I definitely won the wrestling battle. I have four or five takedowns. Um, so, you know, you, you can't really judge a split decision loss like that, especially, um, you know, with given the circumstances. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But, you know, like you said, matchups, everybody match up against people differently. Um, Hollibar, he's not a wrestler, so, you know, Andre was able to go out there and take him down, and that's pretty much what saved him for winning a fight because, you know, he was getting ate up on the street. Um, me, I'm a, I'm a high-class, all-American, Division One wrestler. That's not going to happen. He's not going to go out there and shoot two or three doubles and take me down two or three times around. You know, it's just not going to happen. So, you know, he, he's going to be in for a rude awakening. I wish him all the best of luck, though. He's a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's always good to hear that when uh, there's a healthy competition, you know, it doesn't always have to be a whole bunch of trash and hate. Now, do you feel like with you guys both having really solid uh, amateur wrestling backgrounds and being solid grapplers that the fact that you've been showcasing this newfound power on the feet could be the the big difference maker in this fight? Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be the difference. And, uh, you know, when it comes to wrestling – his wrestling isn't, isn't even on the same level as mine. I think he was a junior college wrestler, 
not even sure if he all American or won nationals, but so I, I was a Division One, um, you know, top of nine. I was ranked top twenty in the NCAA Division One every year. You know, um, all American in freestyle, Olympic trial, um, second, took second at the Olympic trials. You know, my wrestling I feel is on a whole nother level, and like you said, my stand up is only getting better. Um, I have I have the reach advantage. I think I just have too many tools for him. You know, it's just stylistically. You know, not a good matchup because his best attribute is his wrestling. But, you know, I, I feel like I zero that out, if not trump it. You know what I mean? So uh, I feel like it's going to go down to who's going to be able to land shots on their feet. And, you know, I think that favors me. Well, that's uh, definitely the right mindset to have. Uh, now, what do you think about, uh, you know, his training? You know, he's working at a, a pretty good gym over there, uh, which is uh, kind of up near you a little bit. Um and he's working with you know guys like Dennis Bermudez and, and some other people. So you know, how do you feel you kind of stack up against him in terms of uh, training environment? Oh uh, well, uh, in terms of training, you know, like uh, he's got a good camp, but uh, it's nothing. He has his camp has nothing on the two camps I've been training at, which is uh, TriStar and the Black mm-hmm. Billion. You know, and uh, you know, just a, you know, no distance. But I feel like I'm getting a lot better looks, a lot more competition. Not to say that he isn't getting good competition, but you know, I feel like I'm getting, uh, you know, tough, stiff, hard looks. I'm going with UFC competitors, Bellator competitors on a daily basis, and uh, you know, he actually, I know a couple of guys from from out of camp, uh, Gregor Gillespie. We used to wrestle together, so mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure, I'm sure he's going to get some insight on me, uh, vice versa, and uh, you know, but uh, I, I like the camp, the two camps that I've been in. You know, I feel like those are top three, top four in the world. So, you know, I'm real comfortable. Uh, camp to camp matchup, you know, I take my camp any day of the week. Now, I'd heard, I, I knew about you working at a TriStar, but when did you start up with uh, the Black Zillions? Is that something more recent? Yeah, actually, I came up here about two weeks ago. I'm actually in Florida still. Um, I came mm-hmm. up here about two weeks ago to uh, do some sponsorship and management stuff. And uh, while I was out here, you know, my manager um, hooked me up with the Black Zillions. I kind of linked in nice with them. So I'll be up here for a little bit and then probably head back to Canada and finish up the camp. Oh, that's great to hear. Now, there's a guy that is now a coach over at the Black Zillions. He is probably our favorite dude in the universe, uh, Neil Melanson. He uh, just took oh, over yeah, you know, yeah, as yeah. one of the, as the top grappling coaches over at the Black Zillions. I was wondering, you know, did you get a chance to work with him? Did you uh, get a chance, you know, did you get any good experiences with Neil? Because from everything I've heard, like, this guy's hands-on approach is just nasty, and, like, everyone that ever works with him, you know, takes something real special out of it. Yeah, yeah, we actually, Neil runs um, our our practices about two to three times a week when we do uh, MMA grappling. Um, he's great, like you said, the guy, guy's just uh, hands-on. He really has a passion for the sport. He has some good knowledge, uh, you know, good technique, and he makes sure he drills into us. Um, I like Neil a lot. Yeah, Neil's the man, man. I got nothing but good things to say about him and his program. Uh, well, it definitely seems like you are uh, in the right type of environment to really uh, take your career to the next level. Now, you know, is there anything that you want to do uh, particularly differently this time around with a, a title fight? Because, you, I mean, you've been in there twice now in five-round fights. You know, do you like going five? Yeah. Do you want to try to, you know, go for the finish? you got to pace yourself? Yeah. You know, what's kind of your mindset? Well, I, I want to find that middle ground. You know, I actually I enjoy fighting, 
So I don't want to go out there and end it quick, you know, 32 seconds or like 49 and like I did with Torres. Um, I want to go a couple rounds. I don't want to quite go to five rounds. So I'm going to try to find the middle ground somewhere in there, you know, maybe get about two or three rounds in the end and go for the kill. Uh, that's that's actually uh, very interesting because we've seen, uh, you know, people come out with game plans like that. It's all about, you know, just putting a ton of pressure on their opponent, wearing them down, and then once they even feel like the tiniest bit of quit, that, you know, that's when yeah, they go in. As soon as I, so, yeah, as soon as I smell that blood, which I, it will be coming because, you know, like I said, I feel like I'm going to be winning that stand-up battle. He's going to be shooting in. I just got to wait for that perfect timing, and then uh, knockout's going to be coming. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, facing a guy that's undefeated in MMA, I mean, he, I'm sure he's lost in his you know, amateur wrestling career and everything, but in MMA, I think he said he's 6-0 and as an amateur, 10-0 and as a professional. You know, he doesn't know how to lose yet. So is that almost an advantage where, you know, maybe he's got an idea that something won't happen because it hasn't happened to him yet. He hasn't been in that bad situation that maybe you could take advantage of. Um, you know, it's, it's always tough to tell with that. Uh, you know, guys are undefeated record. Um, you know, maybe because, you know, they've had, they haven't fought anybody, um, you know, on their level yet. Or maybe, you know, they just are that good where they haven't, um, you know, had to be challenged yet. But uh, a guy like me, um, you know, I'm a heartbreaker. I crush dreams. So, you know, that always got to go. I feel bad that I got to be the one to take it because, you know, I do like Andre. But, you know, um, him not having a loss, there may be motivation and maybe pressure to him. Um, I'm not sure, but either way, uh, no matter what his record is, you know, I look at I look at it as, you know, he's in a he's in a way of my dream. You know, he's got to go whether he's ten and zero or zero and ten. You know, it's uh, I got a task at hand, and uh, you know I need to handle it. All right, now this is a, an interesting question. Is you know I was doing the research and I. You know, remember that you actually had to uh, trim the dreads a little bit to, to make that last half pound for the first title fight against Steven Seiler. I was wondering, you know, how's how's the wake up been going, and uh, you know, just the the whole process uh, for this one. Are you doing anything differently after you know, kind of experiencing almost the the nightmare scenario once? Oh man, I wish I could tell you I'm I've gotten lighter. Um, I've been eating a lot better, but I'm just I'm just a big 145 pounder yeah. in general. You know, I'm like 5'10", 5'11", um, pretty muscular. So uh, what I've been trying to do just is really, you know, clean up the diet, um, cut out the fast food and eat healthy. Um, you know, I've been putting on muscle, so, uh, you know, it's going to go better this time around. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's still going to be hard. You know, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. But I'm ready. I'm going to embrace it. What I do is part of the job. I get it done. Two big touches. Well, that's uh, great to hear because you know there's nothing. I, it, it's always interesting to, to also hear the the approach that people have when they uh, you know are the guys that that cut a lot of weight. So you know, does it bother you that they're trying to go out there and hinder people that are making the big weight cuts by maybe going with the the IV ban or even uh, Marlos uh, Conan was saying how you know they were fighting in California and they were doing a measurements of their body to make sure that they weren't dehydrating themselves too much in their uh, weight cuts before their fight. Oh, man. Yeah, that is, uh, you know, I feel like I feel like that's a little too much. You know, I do, I, I like how they're trying to clean up the sport and get all the PED users out of here. But, uh, 
in terms of telling a guy you can't take IV, that's like saying, you know, we don't want you drinking water the whole day you're fine. Like, that's how you hydrate. It's not. I don't really think of it as cheating, you know. Um, you know, that's like saying, you know, you can't do you no know, pasta because you're going to carb load. You know, I, I feel like it's just a little too much. Um, but it is what it is, honestly. Uh, out of my 19 fights, I only ever IV'd uh, twice. Um, so, you know, I, I never, I'm not a fan of needles. So I, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm never one to be looking for IVs. You know, if, if, if it's around and I had a super hard cut, you know, I, I might take it. But I never really depended too much on IVs. So uh, it's not really going to affect me too much, per se. All right. Well, that's definitely good to hear. So I guess, uh, you know, one of the, the last questions I have for you, Des, is, you know, now that you've tasted that title, you know, is there anything, you know, is there like, does that give you more of a desire to get it back? Or, you know, is there anything about having been the champion before that makes this fight any extra special for you? Oh, no, I'll tell you what makes this fight all just so much more than just special, so much more than the belt. I feel like I was robbed against Hollibaut. You know, I feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was unfair. I feel like the judges took that belt for me. He didn't earn it. You know, so imagine somebody, I feel like somebody walked in my house and took, you know, my car, basically, you know, a prized possession of mine and said, here, no, this is ours. So, you know, that's why I've been on such a tear. I've been focused because, you know, I want what was stolen from me back. And, you know, I, I got, it was just a lot of emotions put forth, and I'm not going to, I haven't slept right since that fight. And, you know, I won't sleep right until I have that belt, you know, back under my name. You know, I had the first original belt because you get to keep it, but, you know, it's like throwing up under some clothes somewhere. It means nothing to me right now because, you know, they took that crown from me. So, you know, I won't, I won't rest good until I have it back. Uh, well, that is definitely the the right mindset to have, Des. And uh, I guess one of the last things we have for you is, you know, I'm sure you've been thinking about it, especially if you've been working at TriStar. They are all about visualization techniques. So when you're picturing this upcoming fight against uh, Andre, you know, what are you visualizing, you know, for success? Uh, I'm visualizing pressure, um, range, distance, you know, not crowding them so much so he can just duck in and shoot. You know, I need to stay at a good distance where I can use my limbs to my advantage. Um, and, and and just a lot of visualization of seeing his shots coming. You know, I know he, he'll probably try to mix it up on his feet to try to, you know, get me thrown off and then shoot. So, you know, visualization, I just see a lot of a lot of movement, you know, a lot of jazz, one, two. And, uh, you know, I see, I see me getting the TKO or a KO before the fifth round. Oh, that's excellent to hear. I cannot wait to see this fight. Uh, last thing before we let you go, Des, do you have any shout-outs, trainers, sponsors, anything of that sort? Uh, the floor is yours, man. Yeah, uh, you know, big shout-out to uh, Faraz Zahabi and my TriStar family. Um, you know, the, you know, they, I love them up there. Um, also, I want to shout-out uh, the Black Zillion, you know, Coach Henry Kickboxing, Coach Greg Jones with the wrestling. You know, they've been doing a lot of work for me, Neil. The whole Black Zillions family. Um, big shout out to my hometown, Rochester. I get so much support there; it's crazy. You know, they made me feel like an A-list celebrity. Uh, and then, you know, um, a big, big shout out to my girlfriend Anna. You know, she's a mother of two of my kids, and she actually helps me raise my third one too. When I have her with me, she holds it down. You know, I'm not home a lot. I'm either in Canada or Florida training, and you know, she makes sure to hold it down at home. And you know, 
do everything I need to make this journey that much more easier. And my mom, last last but not least, shout out to my mom, Dukes. I do all of this for her. Oh, excellent. It's always good to hear a good shout out for the mom. So, all right, Des, <laughs> thank you so much for stopping by the show. I sincerely appreciate the time. And best of luck against Andre on September 19th, Titan FC 35 for the featherweight title of the world. So thanks again so much, and uh, best of luck. We can't wait to, to see that performance. All right, thanks, Well, Appreciate the time. All right, thanks. All right, that was Dez, the Predator Green, dropping by the verbal submission. Just a real cool, chill dude. Always uh, sincerely appreciate when uh, we can get some uh, good upcoming uh, talent on the verbal submission. So, Dez is a man. And uh, Jerry, Richard, any any thoughts on uh, that interview? I'm just glad he could uh, make it on, man. Yeah. I'm pulling for him. Oh, yeah. I thought Andre and Dez were both pretty cool, but man, Dez, he's he's got a you know a little extra personality, so it's always good. He's he's got more mouths to feed. <laughs> he does have more mouths to feed. So, you know, he's got that going for him. So if only they ever based uh, who could win by how many mouths they gotta feed. I think uh <laughs> who was it that would be like the freaking champion of the world? Probably John Jones. Holloway. Holloway would dominate mixed martial arts. Clearing away, he's got like seventeen kids. It's crazy. Max Holloway, he's only like twenty. Yeah, Max Holloway has a ton of kids. How many? Uh, I think no. he has seven kids. Who's what? the guy from the Jets that has like so many kids you can't even remember their names? Oh, you're thinking of freaking Dwight Howard. <laughs> no, no, there's a Jets player. I think it's Cromartie that has so many kids. He like forgot their name. He has like eight kids. With oh them. yeah, yeah, Cromartie's definitely. Yeah. With like nine different women, how that happened, I don't know. Uh, uh, that's. I think we all know how that happens. Eight kids with nine different women. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, man, I, I cannot think. There, are, there was like somebody in the UFC that like just grabbed the mic and they're like, "Yo, Dana, give me a bonus. I got eight kids." <laughs> I just cannot remember it. There's no way Max Holloway has seven kids. He's 23 he years old. He has a ton of kids. I'm not. I'm not joking. He, he had one of his first kids when he was in uh, when he was in high school. You're starting rumors. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean that happens. Let's see. I, I'm looking for it, but it doesn't really. That's because you're making it up. Because yeah, you're I making think... it up. You're gonna have zero you... kids. Yeah, he has. Okay, he does have a wife. He does have a yep. wife. Let's see. Um, He's got no kids. They have a baby boy. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm mixing up my fighters. I swear to God he had a bunch of kids. Yeah, I was going to say, come on, 23? No way. I mean, he'd have to be doing some serious work to have that many kids at 23 years old. It's like he'd be in the Guinness Book of World Records or something. <laughs> well, he's got he's got at least one. He had one at the time of the Cole Miller fight. That's what I was able to find. So in my you know instant Google searching, so I'm not going to look anymore though. All right. Any uh, last things you guys want to go over before we call it a night? 
Uh, I just want to encourage everybody to uh, check out um, MMA Fighting did uh, a three-part story Ooh, yeah. on uh, about the Explode Fight Series. Um, yes. And, oh, she, they, they buried Explode. <laughs> um, hey, we've buried them on this show, too. So. Oh, yeah, but uh, they did... Uh, a lot of in-depth interviews with uh, with some of the fighters and and the promoters, and it was all uh, uh, Sean Loeffler was was in part of it. So uh, it was all very 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 good to read. We got to get him back on the show. He he came yeah. on. Yeah, he's, he just won. He's trying to get and, back to the UFC again. And now he's trying to get back into the UFC. He gave us a, a whole pile of bullshit that it was time to focus on the up and comers, and here he is begging the UFC to let him back in. Disappointed. <laughs> hey, if he gets to the UFC, that would be like the ultimate, you know, comeback story. I mean, because that was just devastating what happened to him. Yeah, I'll never forget being, I, I was actually there, and he's in a wheelchair with his leg up going towards an ambulance. It's like the most random thing. Um, yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I can't think of anything particularly great uh, for people to check out, but uh, if you're not a fan of baseball... One, oh, go ahead, Jerry. Uh, one thing, if you're a fight fan, check out Leo Santa Cruz versus uh, Abner Mares last night. Exciting fight. Good fight. There you go. Oh, I did I did hear that that uh, boxing fight was pretty, pretty nasty. They threw over almost 2,000 punches combined. <laughs> well, those little guys... See? And yeah, you're out here talking shit about the little guys and, and look what they can do. don't knock anybody out. Look, in boxing, it's a different game. You know, they have these, these <laughs> yeah. bigger gloves. I know, do need to watch them. that, though. I've heard I've heard some pretty amazing stuff w- about that fight, so I need to go check it out. I'm not, I'm not the biggest boxing fan, but that fight, from everything I've heard, I need to see it. Speaking of the little dudes, I just need to... to... To remind everybody, John Lineker is fighting Francisco Rivera uh, this week. And that fight is going to be hot fucking fire. I don't know, man. I thought Nick Diaz, Carlos Condit was going to be the greatest thing in the world. I thought Max Holloway, Charles Oliveira. I'm not going to get so excited that, you know, I won't be able to control my senses. Because I have to temper expectations after... Two of the fights I was most excited for were complete duds. And you just reminded me that uh, Condit versus Lawler is off. <laughs> yeah. Ruined my night. Well, not get- off, off, just delayed. I mean, hey, you get to watch Ronda squash match instead. How 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 stupid is that? Like, like that's just going to be as soon as Ronda, if she gets tagged, that fight goes to the ground and it's over. Yeah, like it's just it's the dumbest fight they could have made. They're throwing Holly Holm basically. Well, I think they've made their decision on Holly Holm is that you know she's a champion boxer, she's undefeated. Let's get that out of the way because they don't think that she'll ever be get to the point where she can actually challenge Ronda. So might as well use her up before she loses. You know? Yeah, it's just. Uh, I mean, at this point. That cyborg fight needs to happen sooner than later. Maybe that's what this is. is It's a placeholder while a cyborg tries to cut down to 135 and uh, get a fight in Invicta, and then boom. Champion. Champion versus champion. Over. Eh? 
I hope so. I hope so, man. I hope you're right. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen in 2016. Ronda versus Cyborg. It's just, I don't know if you've seen this picture, but it's Cyborg standing next to Frankie Edgar, who is the former light UFC lightweight champion, and Cyborg dwarfs him. Dwarfs him. Do you like think he looks like he looks, he looks like he fights in the 105-pound weight class next to Cyborg? <laughs> I'm not joking. She, do you think she runs through uh, Ronda? I don't think so, but I'm just saying it's going to be a lot tougher than people think on, um, you know, Cyborg making 135. It's not just as easy as her, you know, just cutting 10 extra pounds and dropping a little muscle. Here, I'm going to show you. I'm going to post this image, and you will see exactly what I'm talking about. This is Cyborg with Frankie Edgar. Look at this picture, and this is a, the former UFC lightweight champion. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Come on. She's Is like bending over. Yeah. <laughs> and she was, this was at the time that he was the lightweight champion of the world, and she was featherweight. <laughs> and she looks like 20 pounds bigger than him. <laughs> Her fist is bigger than his. And do you, do you really think that, you know, she could actually safely make 135? I don't know. I don't think so. But we're going to see what happens. And will she be the same fighter? She should die trying for us. She might, because she wants that <laughs> fight. All right, guys, I gotta take off. I got a, I got a wife that's ready to pop any minute, and uh, I got two kids to, to, to tuck in bed. So. All right. I gotta, I gotta take off. I will see you guys uh, next week. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jerry. Have a great rest of your evening. And uh, in terms of uh, whatever, but he else should check out. Uh, I'm not going to go too crazy, but you know, keep an eye on my Cleveland Indians, boys. They are on a five-game winning streak. They are making a late run for the wild card. You never know. Stranger things have happened in baseball. So they are now, let's see, one. they're still five games back, but they have leapfrogged four teams in the last week in uh, the wild card race. So... They could make a run as long as they can keep this up. So, all right, that's it for that. And uh, Richard, uh, you know, always appreciate you stopping by the show. And a huge thank you to Andre Harrison and Des Green for stopping by and talking about their upcoming title fight against each other, September 19th, Titan FC 35 for the featherweight title. And we'll be back next weekend at our regularly scheduled time of 6.30 p.m., same time, same place, and, um, yeah, that'll just about do it for today's show. So, uh, Richard, I uh, just one thing left to do. I think you know what time it is. It is Kurt Angle time. Yeah.